Welcome. Yes. Back to our abode, our our virtual abode, where me and Sam confer every week about an episode of Glee that we watched. Yes. Uh, because we need some sort of entry point for us to discuss anything as siblings. Exactly. You know? Yeah. If it's not structured, then it's not going to happen. And we both we yeah. both know that we we've come to terms, and that's why we're here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Sam, Sam, I'd like to think that we're not just. I was going to say brothers, but siblings. <laughs> We're, We're friends, friends, right? That's all I've ever wanted, Maggie. Um, so who's the Who's the Cooper? Is it me? Is it you? I honestly don't know. Who's Blaine? That's even better question. I okay. I wish I could be either of them, honestly. Me too, but that's never going to happen for either of us. Yes. So we so, need to move on. Yeah. So this week, we're not talking about Cooper Anderson. We're talking about season Dang three, it. episode 16, Saturday Night Gleaver. And let me tell you, it is a trip. It is. <laughs> oh my God. Really though? It is so. I mean... Like I just finished watching the episode. I had to shower before I started recording with <laughs> Sam because I was sweaty. Like it was. It's so good. It is. It is such a good episode. Oh, my God. Yes. I love it because, like, this doesn't really fit with our name, but, like, God damn, this episode is amazing. Like this, I mean, maybe it's just because we're, like, disco trash. I don't know. Maybe. I, I'm excited to talk about that, but let, let's get through some of these stats first. Yeah. Uh, so this originally aired on April 17th, 2012, with 6.76 million viewers, which is down from last week's 7.46 million, probably because they showed that they were going to do some disco. Yeah, which is such a shame, honestly. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw that they were doing disco and I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I- I'm excited to talk about it, but let's get- hit, me with the- hit me with that director. So it's written by Matthew Hodgson. Okay. Uh, which he doesn't have a Wikipedia page and um, directed by Bradley Buecher, who okay. is a returning director. He's done a lot. Names that sound kind of familiar, but not. I mean, I think the main thing to recognize here is that it was not written by Ryan Murphy. Um. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, if you recall, last season, they did a similar episode to this where they did the entire Fleetwood Mac album rumors. Well, okay, they didn't do the entire album, but they did songs they did from that album. Yes, they did most of it. And the one that they didn't do, the one of the best ones, was like a background song. Exactly. While right. Rachel and Finn tried to be private investigators. Exactly. Um, More like stalking people for fun. Whatever. M- one in the same. So <laughs> this episode follows in a similar light, where they are going to do an album, but this time it's a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, which in a, from a certain perspective is just sort of like a director's mixtape. Yeah, you know, that's true. Like, Except they're doing the soundtrack to a movie that is very much about music. Yes. It's very much about a genre of music that defines yes. really a genre of music. It's Saturday Night Fever. Everyone, yes. everyone knows it. I don't, honestly, I'm going to be real right now. I haven't actually seen the movie. Um, I have seen most of it. I don't, oh. or, or I have seen all of it, and I just don't remember the ending. Hmm. But I know that a whole bunch of it is just like John Travolta, sort of like you know, swaggering. Crimping. 
Yeah. Primp- primping himself. <laughs> Which, I mean, so the thing that I realized, though, in watching this episode is that I have seen so many things in other media that yeah. are influenced by Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, um, yeah. Because, like, the media that we grew up with was written by people who's like, this was, like, their seminal shit. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, Which is why, like, you know, the trends are cyclical. Yep. And... I'd say we we've had a resurgence of like seventies and eighties culture to take a look at vaporwave, right? Like that is like I, I a don't, reemergence of, you don't know what vaporwave I, is. I don't do know you? what that is. Oh my God. <laughs> well, inform me. Um, It's a kind of music that is primarily like remixed samples of other songs that oh, has God. sort of like an eighties flair. Okay. I would say. Cool. Um, it is good. Don't act like you're above it, bitch. <laughs> no, okay. No, you're no, you're right. It's it's been 50 years since the 70s. So Oh fuck. <laughs> well, just almost. We're we're like real close. We're on the cusp. Um, oh my god, it's been half a century. Yeah. So oh. So, but this episode of Glee. I This am, episode of Glee though. Yes, very excited. Is there anything you want to say before we jump in cuz I'm ready to just go. I'm also ready to go my confidence is up i'm freshly clean but i'm starting to get sweaty again because i'm just so excited about this episode we started off on a lame note though with a recap yeah uh we get a reminder that sue is helping out with the glee club because roz is trying to steal her job in fact there is a line where the dude is like roz has a bronze medal in stealing other people's jobs and i was like yeah and then does she (laughs) But uh, then we get a reminder that Sam Sadie's is a thing. Finchel is a thing. Um, and, then, and that yeah. all of these pieces of shit have n- have no idea what they're going to do with their future. And, quote, they should change their name to the No Directions. So that was judgy. my impression of, like, the, of the judgy recap guy. <laughs> yes. No, it was spot on because it's just really judgy. And I'm just like, what? Whatever. Yeah, well, the recap guy is very judgy. That's true. He's always been judgy. I mean, we, and we like him for that because we are also judgy. But like, yeah, this is a good no, episode. We are no one to talk. Uh, so we start off the episode on a perfect note mm-hmm. with Mr. Blaine, Blaine Warbler kicking off the disco episode with a disco song. You should be dancing. It's like mostly told in a in a dream sequence. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So specifically, it's Blaine, Mike, and Brittany are doing. Yeah, this and number. oh my god, dancing OT three. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Do you need me to like t- tear apart what OT three means for you? Or are you there? Uh, <laughs> over over the top three. So an OTP means right. one true pairing. Oh, okay. But it's a it's a bastardization of that. Gotcha. Changing the P to a three. So it's it one true thruple. Basically. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it, this, so yeah, you're right. They, they start in a classroom um, mm-hmm. and it's great because they have some little like, like Blaine is tapping his foot and then Mike does a thing with his pen to like mimic one of the like, like flares in the music. Um, yeah. But then they. I think we should yeah. um, have a round of applause for the costuming department who keeps putting Darren Chris in a boy's small. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, it's all I really ever wanted. And I'm glad to see that you paired a purple shirt with a bright yellow bow tie. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well, and the yes. cuffs of his jeans are rolled up. Like, Oh, my God. He's so adorable. <laughs> yes. Like, how? How is it possible? But so um, they start in this classroom and then a disco ball is just there. Yeah, it just lowers from the ceiling and then <laughs> there's like disco lights everywhere and then Blaine just gets up and starts like belting out this tune. Uh, I mean, he says the first few lines while sitting down Yes. Um, and then gets up and then uh, Mike and Brittany flank him and they dance out of the classroom into the hallway where they keep dancing. Yes. And this dancing is fantastic yes. also. Yes. Uh, it's like a great mixture of ham and really well done. Yes. It, it's very... That's one of the things actually about this episode in general is that there's a lot of really good dancing. Like Really? I think it's because they are playing to the strengths yes. of the dancers here, which is like... Highly choreographed mm-hmm. and in tandem. <laughs> yes. No. And, and it, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's very good. Um, it's so good. It, they transition from the hallway dream sequence into seemingly real life where the, uh, our OT3 are performing on the auditorium stage for the rest of the new directions. And they, there's a part where they like all pose. Yes. Oh yes. my God. It's very good. <laughs> Um, oh, I, there is one thing I want to note. This is the first and not the last instance we get a falsetto this episode because it's literally all disco music, apparently. Yeah. And Blaine's falsetto is good. It is good. There are some ones later that are mm, questionable, but this one is really good. So, yeah. yeah. And so they, they finish the number. It's fantastic. Everyone does clap. And, uh, Will is like, that was great, but why'd you choose that? And Blaine's like, oh, well, the the theme for nationals is I can't remember what it was. It's vintage. It throwback. It's vintage. Vintage. Vintage is the theme. He's like, so we thought disco, and he's just like so excited. Oh and God. at this point, I was just like, yes, <laughs> I'm excited. Also, I had a hard time hearing most of the lyrics on my first watch because I was just like screaming the whole time. <laughs> that's that's a fair that's a fair reason. Um, my question, how? Why is Blaine so plugged into these themes of competitions? And also, what does that mean? He's obsessed with winning. <laughs> That's much true. Like, much like Rachel, he's obsessed with winning, but he's also not as, like, self... I, I don't want to say self-centered, because he is. But no, like, it's... it's he, he actually understands that you have to learn something. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's not as inward as a... Of a... Like, a ruminator. He's yes. much more like a planner and a doer. Yes. Um, but it's just great, because, like, we, we kind of glossed over it on the sectional... Or on the regionals episode, where they talk about how the theme of regionals is inspiring or whatever. Yeah. What? No, that's not how singing competitions work. They don't give you a theme. It it is in this universe, Sam. (laughs) Except it hasn't been until these last two competitions. No, remember when they did um, that My Chemical Romance song where they all wore the plaid? That was for a theme. The hell it? (laughs) You're right. No, you're right, but it still doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Uh, We get a flashback to Will's Nationals, where they also did disco, if you recall. Yes. Uh, And we have heard the, like, audio from this performance before Mm -hmm. in the pilot when Emma, like, used it as an inspiration tool. Yes. Uh, But this time we get to see the performance of it. 
And it's not Matthew Morrison all dweebed up. No. Which has been the case in flashbacks of the past. You know, I wish it was, though, because this guy looks nothing yeah. like Shu. Nothing <laughs> like him at all. Uh, like, he's too... I don't know. He just, he looks completely different. And it's just yeah. funny because it's one of those things where it's like, I was sitting there being like, am I supposed to think that this is Think Shu? that's Will? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, it's mostly to remind they, us, I do like the callback and I like the fact that they actually yeah. did this. That's nice. And that it's the actually the exact same audio yes. from the pilot. <laughs> I feel sort of like, I don't know why I remember that audio so clearly but i do yeah like i know it's the same the the pilot is one that just really sticks in my mind a lot I yeah think. will's like so what do you think new directions and they're all like disco sucks yeah they all say it in unison let's talk about this right now let's um is this real or is this a product of someone who was maybe growing up like a teenager in the 90s who was like yeah. rebelling against their parents. Because I don't think teenagers of 2012 hated disco. I don't think teenagers of 2012 have any feelings about disco at right. all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that like it was really on the teenagers of 2012's radar, to be quite yeah. honest. Like way too busy thinking about, I don't know, Shine Bright Like a Diamond by Rihanna. Yeah, or like emo music from the early aughts. It's Yeah, pop punk. Yeah. Pop punk maybe? But that's um, it's just I, I feel like this just feels I, I mean It definitely doesn't yeah. ring true. Yes. Like, because the only thing that I think my friends in twenty twelve, because I was a teenager in twenty twelve. Oh right, yeah. Guess what? I was a senior when the Glees were seniors. Mm-hmm. The Glees. Oh wow. <laughs> when the new directions were seniors. I was a senior as well, so I can speak as a contemporary. I would say that my uh my classmates and friends didn't give a shit about disco. In they were one way apathetic. or the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Completely apathetic, um, except for the occasional dweeb like me who loved it. Right. Which, I mean, that's the thing. I just, part of it is that I think they're trying to use this. Again, I'm blaming this on the writer to say like, oh, you yeah. hate disco. You hated disco as a teenager. So you think this is what teenagers do. Um, but also because like they bring this up a little bit again, but then after that, everyone's just into it. Yeah. So like, everyone's just on fucking board. So like, like, the, it's like, yeah, I guess Will's song that he sings in a little bit inspires them and changes their mind. That or they don't actually hate disco. And like, yeah. I mean, it's just a meme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they say disco sucks or whatever. And then we get the Glee title card. Yes. And then we get maybe one of the weirdest things I've seen so far. <laughs> Shu is using his weird, creepy diorama to stage yeah. stage musical it, numbers. He has a scale model, but none of his like figures are... Act, like they're just all these like wooden drawing yeah atta- an- anatomy figures that he's like glued pictures <laughs> of everyone's face onto yes um yeah i don't know about that well uh, I, I i put they- he's also using it in front of everyone else like it's not in his office it's in the choir room that actually makes it a little better for me because it makes it less weird like if he was doing but, like, it like why by is everyone himself th- but why is everyone there while he's, like, figuring out choreography? Maybe this is what Glee class normally is, which is everyone just sits around and chats for an hour or whatever while he does all the real work. I, well, 
what what <laughs> anyway i also i also wrote down that the like weird ikea wooden people look about as coordinated yeah. as glee usually is oh that's mean <laughs> So it's a monologue from Will, like a, a voiceover monologue. Again, you know, it's a Glee, Glee thing. trope, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, is it lazy to just have expository <laughs> speeches on top of, like, things that are sort of showing uh, things related to the expository speech? Perhaps, but... I mean, we're here. We so. can't change no. what it is. Uh, so we find out that Will is worried about some of the seniors in Glee Club. Yeah. He's worried about Finn. Obviously. Obviously, because he's obsessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worried about Mercedes. Which, However, well, we ahead. see Mercedes, but we don't hear anything from her, even though we get a line from Finn. Instead, we get like Rachel talking about herself, and then we move on to the next person, Santana. Right. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's worried about like they don't have plans for the future. Yeah, except we get a like a little mo- half speech from Santana here where she's talking to Brittany about how she wants fame and how Blaine's brother was right. College is a waste of time. Yes. Well, that's uh one of the things that I did recognize. Like, I think we talked about an episode or two ago. Um, We were complaining about how they were using Quinn after we thought Quinn's storyline would wrapped up and we were like, why don't they yeah. tell us about Mercedes? And it's like, yeah. hooray, but it's also t- coupled with Finn. So like, fuck that noise. Like, yeah, here's the thing about the Mercedes plotline in this episode. Yep. It's not good enough. Okay. It's never good enough. <laughs> Glee is, ir- Glee is like not good enough. It's sure. just not good enough for Mercedes. Mercedes deserves more. Yes. No, so. that's true. Yeah, but <laughs> let's move forward. <laughs> yes. So, Will, this cuts to Will in Sue's office. He's asking her for help on this. Um, yes. And she tells him, effectively, kind of what we already talked about the, at the top before we got in the episode. She's like, "Do another album week," um, which Sue because responds- you need to you need to like kick make your sloppy babies do some work. Yes. <laughs> but Sue responds with, "Oh, I tried. I did that last year." When has that ever stopped you before? Yeah. Like, if anything, that should encourage you exactly. because you're very into repeating yourself. Because you're lazy as fuck. I think it's probably because it comes from Sue. Um, but so he's like, "There's one problem. They all hate disco." And then Sue says, "But they love swag." Yes, <laughs> and we get like some like a clip show esque yes. flash of. Uh, every time that they've been like offered something yes. for singing. Uh, so there's like Rachel being like, we're going to get mattresses. <laughs> yes. And, and like the free dinner at Breadsticks for uh, that one. Um, duets. Couple. Yeah. Yeah. The duets. Uh, and then there's one more. Uh, the Neil Patrick Harris jean, jean jackets. Jacket. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I would wear the shit out of that jean jacket right <laughs> now. And you know it. <laughs> But yeah, so, um, so yeah, yeah, it's, I think I don't, I didn't really pay that much attention in my note taking, but I assume that the scene ends shortly after this where Will's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Basically. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to the hallway mm-hmm. where Kurt and Mercedes are sort of having a discussion about the future, but it's really just Kurt being like, nagging. Mercedes, I yeah. know you, I know you told me that you're going to apply to college and that you got into these places. It's, he's like doing the expository work of telling Mercedes story and she's. She says, 
nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And then they get interrupted by a new character. Um, yes. Our final introduction from a Glee Project participant. Yes, because this is... So you'll remember um, Joe and... Rory are Rory. both winners. They were the co-winners of the Glee Project, but... Was Rory in this episode? I don't think so. Neither was Quinn or Sugar, so take that for what it's worth. Quinn? What, no, Quinn was in it, but she never... She, she's she didn't not, do any dancing She's not in she it. in a wheelchair. She's not in it after that first scene. I promise you. I was looking. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, how weird. <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, but so there were two other people that were the runners-up, um, and we've already met one of them. She was the Gerber baby... Like, I don't remember yes. what her name is, but she was essentially the person. Ra- Rachel. <laughs> yeah, she was really excited when her third play, when, when her Glee Club came in third at sectionals. Like. Yeah. Yeah. The Gerber baby. We'll just call her that. Yeah. And then, uh, but so this is the other runner up. So the idea is that these, they didn't get full like spots on the show because they didn't win, but they still got to make an appearance on the show. Um, so. I and I vote. Let's let's just talk about this real quick. Heads up, this is the trans plot line. Um, yes, and there is like subtle transphobia yes. in this plot line. Yes. So yeah, we're gonna deal with it the best way that we can. The character is introduced as Wade Adams, but then identifies herself as unique. Yes. So we're gonna call her call her unique. Yes. I, think. I agree. I vote. That. And use she, her pronouns, even though the show does not. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So Unique comes up to, to uh, Kurt Sadie's um, and announces that she is a big fan of theirs. Like, a yes, real big huge fan. fan. Yes. Uh, says that she's a member of Vocal Adrenaline and that Jesse is the coach and has been harassing her. Yeah. Well, this, this is the first we've learned that Jesse St. James is apparently the Vocal Adrenaline coach. Yeah. He's... I, I Okay. Yeah. See, okay... <laughs> Right off the top, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay this out. My biggest issue with this storyline is that it hasn't mm-hmm. been set up well enough. Okay. If if Unique was really this big a fan of theirs, I think they should have had some peppering of Unique throughout the season. They couldn't have done that because they don't want to pay this actor more money. Well, they didn't have to pay this actor anything because they were a <laughs> Glee project to go runner up. Like. I think- think they were paid at least the players but, wage so, all right well, the big thing here is that we're, we'll talk about it but my issue is that there is some transphobia type of stuff that happens but yeah um i think the message ends up being not terrible it's just i really wish that this had been a bigger component like yeah think of sure. how cool I mean, it could have been if this was actually a real storyline instead of just being well, a throwaway glee has, glee has needed a trans plotline from the beginning of the show yes Agreed. So yeah. the fact that they finally have one in season three, I don't know if it's commendable, really. Uh, it's I mean, it's better than nothing. Like a, yeah, it's more like a finally yeah. um, sort of good job, I guess. Yeah. Unique tells Kurt and Mercedes that she wanted to introduce herself in a much more bombastic fashion in her fantasy uh, as like her true self mm-hmm. unique yeah this is gonna get a little confusing but <laughs> bear with me uh so we get a flash of this fantasy where unique comes in wearing this long coat um and like a hat and a very a very fabulous outfit yes goes up to kurt and mercedes tells them that if they were to have a baby it would be unique <laughs> well yes the best part is unique also speaks in the third person which is yes great yes <laughs> uh and that 
uh, Unique's grandparents would be Beyonce and... I'm not sure so- the other was... Someone else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, which doesn't make sense, but it's all right. Uh, and then uh, we flash back to the actual present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kurt Sadie's and Unique have moved into like an empty classroom. Because McKinley has those. Um, and... <laughs> Unique admits that uh, in her fantasy, she is a woman and she needs advice on how to perform as like a femme presenting person with vocal adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we do get some like through this dialogue, Unique lets us know that she does have some. It sounds like there are some issues, not just in vocal adrenaline, but also at Carmel High in general and also at home for her um around this but so she asked for advice about wearing a dress at regionals uh and then gleek cops out as a show and kind of just shows kurt and mercedes acting like shocked and then yeah and like uncomfortable and then nothing yeah the scene just cuts and this i want to make a point here like this is unique coming out as trans to these two characters and like saying the pronouns that she would prefer Mm -hmm. And these characters disregard that. Yeah, no, that's a that's actually a really good point to make. Also, because um, the way I think part of it is that the the other reason I wish this had more legs um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of how long the spot was. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, Unique's legs—they <laughs> don't need anything. But uh, but it's just that it it, it feels kind of rushed and if we actually yeah because here's my big issue we'll get to this but there's not a lot of repercussions for people being awful <laughs> about this um yeah. and i wish there were more i want people to learn that they've done something wrong and yet nothing happens so right yeah it's be- it's because the writers aren't well informed enough right so they're just doing microaggressions accidentally yeah um yeah but so let's let's move on we'll come back to this uh the next scene is back in the glee room uh everyone is surprised to learn that there is a new dance floor which is apparently sue's dance floor it's it's sue's that she has brought into the new directions choir room it's a light up dance floor Mm -hmm. like an exact replica from saturday night fever yes i'm all about this shit (laughs) i don't know where she keeps it and her like hoard her and her trophy hoard yeah that's a real good question um Uh, yeah blaine's polo matches the cheerios in this scene (laughs) uh he's on top of it you know just so cute and i can't get past it okay well also if we're gonna talk about clothes puck is also wearing a disco sucks shirt which (laughs) whatever (laughs) again it's just it seems it feels so artificial it feels like one of those things where like you know this some people might see the name of our show and be like, oh, it's such a mm-hmm. meme to hate Glee. But, like, if they actually listen, it's like, yeah, we do hate Glee. But also, like, we give it credo where, where it's deserved. But, like... We do. But it seems very similar to the idea that, like, Puck is just like, oh, we're supposed to hate disco because my parents hated disco. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so the scene starts with Rachel being like, well, we told you that disco is not allowed here. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Puck and uh, Finn are like, yeah, disco does suck. We don't want to do disco. Well, okay. Uh, Specifically, yeah. Finn says, that's like a, par- a record our parents listen to. Okay, Mr. Journey over here, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, your parents okay. listen to all sorts of garbage rock, and you think that's yes, this- fine? Uh, this is exactly what I was yelling at the TV. I was like, Journey is garbage compared to any disco, okay? Disco has a more diverse set of singers and listeners, and it's, like, much more upbeat and awesome yes. than any, like, dad rock song. Yes. Straight up. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. popular opinion right there, okay? Yes. Uh. So then we find out what the swag is going to be. Yes. Sue has Becky crafting <laughs> what? A, replica, a replica of the Saturday Night Fever suit. You know the one. It's the white polyester one that John Travolta wears. Well, the best part, okay, the best part about this is Sue claims that she has a cadre of yes. Vietnamese seamstresses. Doing this. And then we flash to like Becky in Sue's office making the suit. <laughs> but also, <laughs> also at the end of the episode, spoilers, they all have these suits. Did Becky make all of these she suits? Made, she made all of them for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. 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 Uh, Sue has like a little figurine that's wearing the suit. Yes. Like that's how she like advertises what the prize is gonna be and kurt's just like oh my god i need that suit (laughs) yes well they (laughs) so he's into the suit idea well and it's funny because it's kind of harking back to the swag thing they all like even like puck is like i would put that suit on ebay EBay. but they all want it of course because they're all capitalistic monsters but (laughs) yes okay if I was offered offered the chance to win a white polyester suit, you know I'm going to take that chance. You know I'm going to dance my little butt off. I, well, little. You know I'm going to dance my big fat ass off. I'm into it. I'm into it. Sure. And that's exactly what this is, that they're going to have a dance off. Yes. Uh, to win the suit. So they uh, break into a song. Will sings Night Fever. Mm-hmm. with Sort of with Sue, but more just like she's her She's his dancing partner. Yeah. Well, they also include Blaine and Joe. And Joe definitely yes. sings because Joe also does a falsetto um, for this. And his is actually pretty good, too. Um, yeah. And yeah. Blaine and Joe's dancing is good also. But all of their dancing is great. Because um, they after the there's like Joe and Blaine do some uh, more, I guess, choreographed dance. Yeah. And then they break into like the dance break. Santana comes onto the floor and then you know member after member yep showing showing what they got yep um and we end on that little bit with finn doing the stereotypical <sighs> one and everyone is kind of embarrassed for him which is nice Yeah, it's like the pointing up and then pointing cross body yeah you know what i'm saying where you the don't disco move. where you don't have to move your legs very much and finn doesn't so well here's what i'd have to say is that it ha- the show hams up how bad this is supposed to be right too much sure because we get like multiple shots of finn just smiling doing the move i guess obliviously right you want to describe it that way yeah and then like shots of everyone like looking uncomfortable yes (laughs) 
And we cut between these things for like nearly 30 to 40 seconds. It's too long. Agreed. Yeah, it's. I, I did make a note. Well, one of the things that's interesting about this. So mm-hmm. Finn can't dance. I don't think Jane Lynch can really dance that well either. No, I don't think she can. I, I she's got a case of the ganglies. Yes, you know. <laughs> yes, but the the thing about it is for both. I'm going to hand this to both of them. They both have great show faces. Jane Lynch sells it really <laughs> yes. well in that like she looks like she's having a great time and like I'm sure she is. Uh, yeah, exactly. Finn also looks that way, but it's more like you were saying of an oblivious thing where it's just like he always kind of looks that way. Like I mean, shout out to Corey Monteith. That's that's some like uh, clear character work <laughs> yes. right there. Good good job, dude. Uh, overall, this is just a good wholesome time. Yeah, you know they all do some Can dancing. We, yeah. Before we we find out who the actual. Uh, like three finalists are. Who do you think did the best dancing? Um, Mercedes did some good stuff. Yes, and let me make a note here before, because I will get back to it. But Mercedes' hair looks oh fucking my dope as fuck. Yeah, no kidding. It looks amazing. She's got like a Farrah Fawcett bang happening, and she looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, Kurt does a cartwheel. That's impressive. Yeah, Kurt, because he wants the suit real bad. Right. Uh, and Mike does some like cool, like a cool sort of like whole body move yeah. where he's on his knees at one point. It's really good. Tina does some very cute shit, uh, <laughs> like a, a very popular disco move, but less cliche than Finn's. Yeah. So, Sam does his yeah. oh. body rolls again, but yeah. they're not good. No. It's they the show tries to make it seem like they're good again by like putting a fan on him and having everybody go like ooh whenever he does them but they're so bad. They're not great. No. Um yeah, I mean I guess I would say if I had to pick a winner, I mean it seems like it seems too obvious to say like it's going to be Mike or Britney, but like it should yeah. be one of the two of them probably cuz they're the I, best dancers. Like I think my finalists would be Mike, Kurt, and I was going to say Santana, but I was just sort of blinded by her hotness. Well, that's that's part of it is I feel like Santana does a fine job, but I know you could say Santana actually. That part of it is I think that actually Santana's ability to dance has been overlooked by the show maybe because yes. later in this episode she does some crazy she good shit kills it yes she kills it I'm, for sure part of it is i'm it, i am not surprised that the cheerios have been national champions for three years in a row with santana and yes. Brittany because they are both so good at dancing yes that like and like in so little time they had no time to learn this choreography but, like, in the theory of the show, obviously. But, like, yeah. <laughs> like, in the year, universe uh, of the show, they didn't have much time to learn it. But they do such a good job. And I was like, yes. It's true. So, we find out that Will has co-opted the competition. Well. And chosen his three finalists based on that little monologue he had earlier about who he thinks needs some intervention on future planning. Finn, Mercedes, and Santana. Well, let's announce it the correct way. Santana, Mercedes, and then Finn. And everyone just kind of stopped and was like, what? Um, So we obviously know that this is rigged. We're cutting to an empty classroom again. Just has one of those. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Will's just like, listen, you guys danced okay, but you're really here to figure out your dreams. (laughs) Uh, and Mercedes like yells at him and is like, is this just a teacher's manipulative game? 
And Will's just like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I, I do like that Mercedes calls him out on this shit. But at the same time, I do kind of respect Will for just being like, yeah, deal with it. Like, Well, it's not like it's Mercedes. It's- Here's the thing. It's the show's fault that we haven't gotten any of Mercedes' future planning. Right. No, I agree. Like, Not Mercedes' fault. No. It's the show. Also, I am very dubious as to whether or not Will is overstepping his boundaries by being like, I'm going to personally make sure that all three of you have future plans. Like... I guess you care. They are a close-knit club. Yeah. And, like, Will is a mentor to, like, a a big mentor figure to, like, all these people, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, Finn is excited, obviously. The other two are like, meh. Um, Yeah. He gives them, like, an individual assignment. They have to perform a, a song from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack and figure out their personal dream. Yes. Which... <laughs> to win the suit. And and the best, like, honestly, the best and also worst part is he finishes this with, he says, time's running out, to kids. That's the shittiest <laughs> thing you can say right? to teenagers. And it's like, like they have they have so long to get their shit together. Like, also, just the irony that this is coming from a man who is in Arrested Development trying to relive yeah. his, like, high school dreams. I just, I understand that we need this for the plot device, but, like, fuck you, Will. Just get that yeah. in there. And Mercedes is in the, a similar mindset to us and is angry. Uh, yes. So we get a monologue where she is, like, calling Will on his BS and explaining that she does have a dream. She just doesn't know how to get it. Yeah. Uh and that's when we break into song. Oh my god! It's Tina Turner's "Disco Inferno." Yes, and no, le- it's it's led by Mercedes. <gasps> yeah, but Santana and Britney are the backup for both ba- dancing and singing, and it's amazing. Like this song is a revelation. Yes, it is amazing. <laughs> it starts in the hallway in like street clothes. Yes, uh, Mercedes like breaks into a song in a dream sequence and then they transition to the choir room where Mercedes is wearing an amazing rap dress. Yes. Her hair looks bomb as fuck and like the the raspy like scream notes. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it is but it is so good though. It is so, it is so good. good. Everything about it because that's the other thing is Santana and Britney as the like the dancers in the back and also like the sing it's just so good the they're yeah, so it's good just, it's just so it's amazing it's amazing yeah. and mercedes like breaks the fuck down also dancing yes like, no she's also she very good i love so good. the trouble tones and i am so angry that it's gone but i'm so happy <laughs> me, that they're still here me too yeah um so one <sighs> note so one note during this performance <laughs> There's a bit where Sam is filming this on his phone with the grossest yeah. face. Like, <laughs> he looks like such a creepy piece of shit. Like... Are you... Well, I mean, he he looks aroused. Exactly. But, like... <laughs> but... But wouldn't you be, like... Yes, but, like... if Seeing this in person... But his phone is, like, on his leg. It's clear that yeah, he's I, trying to, I, like, do it secretly, I guess. I, I think it's, like, the positioning of the phone yeah. being so close to his crotch. <laughs> it's just gross. It's very <laughs> gross. But, uh, yeah, so the song is amazing. They do an amazing job. Like... It's, like... Yeah. Like, I've reached enlightenment. <laughs> I, here I am. <laughs> I'm in Nirvana. And uh, then Mercedes confesses her dream. She wants to be 
the next Mariah Carey, the next Aretha Franklin. Rest in peace. You know, she has, yeah, she, yes. She has this list of, um, like, ins- inspirations of hers. Yeah. Uh, these big, you know, female powerhouse songstresses. And Will's like, oh, well, how are you going to do that? Well, to be fair, Will's like, those are names. That's not a dream. And Mercedes is like, fuck you, Will. No, uh... <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah. then we find out that Mercedes' dad is a dentist. Yes. <laughs> Did we know that? I honestly, I feel like maybe it was mentioned at one point at the very beginning yeah. of the show, but like I completely I think we forgot. Knew that, we knew that someone's dad was a dentist. Well, Santana's dad is a not dentist. He's a real. He's, he's a real a, doctor. He's a real doctor. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, and th- like Mercedes talks about her fear. She. N- realizes that maybe she's gonna have to move to LA to like mm-hmm. reach this kind of dream like move to Hollywood but she doesn't know like you know she feels successful here in this like small pond she is cream rising to the top yes uh and but she's worried that out there she'll just be skim milk right I wanted to point out that we do get a mention here um because Mercedes is listing to these idols and the second one she lists is Whitney Houston and she does say rest in peace after so Yes. This is because the next episode is a tribute to Whitney Houston. So, oh my god, that ep- I'm so excited that episode is also dope. But yeah, yes. So, um, but yeah, so Mercedes having a string of fucking killer episodes, Glee. Yes, and I, I was reading part of the Wikipedia page. Apparently, this was an all series low for viewership. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> what a shame. So, uh, Mercedes, Mercedes is full of anxiety. Who wouldn't be with your dream being that I want to be a big recording artist in LA like fuck I don't oh my god even if I was talented I would have no idea how to fucking do that so what's the first step do you I mean she could go to college for like voice performance I guess I mean but do I guess like when I think I guess the problem is when I think of like pop singers Mm-hmm. I guess like Lady Gaga is classically trained. Yeah, Gaga's a p- uh, pianist. Yeah, so I guess you could, but pianist. It... I think pianist is a better word for that because it sounds less like penis. <laughs> but um, I think the problem is I I think there's just like a stereotype that like people who are big stars didn't go to college because mm-hmm. I think that the idea is they were like discovered and that they just like yeah. become big stars. So I think Mercedes is at least acting from that place. So I have no idea. Well. Yeah, like, I, I as layman, I have we have no clue yeah, what exactly. the first step would be. Yeah, I guess, like, I, you can extrapolate from here. I guess it's sort of spoilers, but putting something on YouTube might be the way to go. That's what Justin Bieber did. That's true. So yeah, so we'll see. Okay. Um, now we're gonna talk. We have Finchel garbage happening. Last so to cover this, we kind of glossed on the recap, but last week they got in a fight because Yes. We, Rachel doesn't really respect Finn as a person because that's just the relationship. Um The only thing I remember from that fight is that beautiful pink bow top yes. that Rachel was wearing. And I don't really give a shit about the content. <laughs> yeah, but so I guess in that fight, uh Finn called Rachel a self centered self yeah. in idiot or something. And so then uh Rachel so we're in the hallway. Rachel's like staring forlornly at Finn down the hallway and And Kurt comes up to her and is like just talk to him yeah and she's like well he can talk to me yes <laughs> and that's that part well, of the scene yeah. the next part of the scene is finn and puck mm-hmm. talking at um finn's locker 
because uh, Puck's like, so, bitch, you coming to LA? To LA? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do the pool thing. Yeah, because if I get a one-bedroom apartment and we both sleep in the same bed, that's, quote, confirmed gay. Thanks, Glee. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Glee. All right. Yeah. Um, Finn is like, hey, I'm not going to LA, um, but you can do it, buddy. You're the best. You can do whatever you put your mind to. I believe in you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is another discussion of fear and, like, being afraid of taking the next step and puck wants finn to come with him because he's afraid to do it alone uh but finn admits that he's still feeling lost uh that he doesn't really know what he wants to do especially after this argument with rachel and puck half encourages him here he's like well you gotta fucking figure it out (laughs) you have to do it for me also now because you're ditching me yes which uh my question here why doesn't puck and why don't puck and mercedes just find an apartment together like they both want to move to la then you'd have a friend come on um anyway but also i wouldn't want to live with puck i mean i don't think i would either but i'd rather live with puck than no one in an entirely new city I i mean i guess i've done that before but like yeah anyway let's let's move on to the next scene um so we're getting back to the unique storyline. Um, yes. Sue has called Mercedes into her office. She knows that they talked to Unique. Um, and apparently they told Unique not to wear a dress at regionals. Um, even, even though we didn't see that on screen. Yes. I guess it's just too difficult of a conversation for the writers to write. Yeah. They don't know how to do it. Uh, Sue wants them to encourage Unique to uh, present as femme. Because she thinks that it will tank Vocal Adrenaline's performance. Yes. Um, Sue also says some real gnarly shit. Um, Yeah, they all use he, him pronouns. Yep. For Unique. um, Which I guess, like... So Unique came out to Kurt Sadie's in confidence. That's true. I I mean, the, the thing here is that it definitely comes across that Kurt and Mercedes have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Like, Yeah, they have no idea what to do. The reason why they advised Unique the way they did is out of concern for her safety. Yes, which I think that's a fair concern, but they also effectively are telling Unique, don't be yourself. Don't be free to be yourself because we don't understand you, so how could anyone else? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so the the thing here, Sue has a beautiful pair of pumps. Oh, yeah, go for it. No. This is why we need like a like a queer mentor. Yeah, or or an right? actual storyline that could yes. actually, you know, <laughs> or or that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Sue is like give Unique these shoes and tell Unique yes. that she should well, you know, where with our phraseology, tell Unique that she should perform as presenting as femme. So, yeah, uh they're 13 wides. They're huge they're and they're gorgeous they're tall as fuck too yes. like i th- probably like nine inches with the platform jesus they're beautiful though <laughs> anyway they are yes so the next scene we're on another performance um this time it's santana who we haven't gotten anything about so far except that she wants fame so she sings if i can't have you mm-hmm. to britney 
Because gay dreams do come true. I, I did make a... It gets better I, because Britannia <laughs> sings love songs. I did make a note here that this is very sapphic. Like, she... Extremely. She, well, obviously, but also, like, she's wearing, like, this, like, dress that has legs. It's and, a dress that has legs? <laughs> it's a jumpsuit. Okay, it's a jumpsuit. It's a very roughly it's a, jumpsuit. It's a, it is a Bob Mackie inspired jumpsuit, I would say. Okay. Um, but also uh, a headband. Think, think early share. Yeah. Okay. No, no, you're right. But I just like also the headband with like the knot on the side. Like it looks very good. Don't get me wrong. Did I think it looks great. Did you know that the headband matched the stoned mic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because I'm like this costume department fucking killing it, y'all. <laughs> Nicely done. Yes. Um. Yeah, so the song is amazing. Yes, Britney cries, which is great. She tears up. Uh, Finally, a little bit of emotion from Britney. Uh, (laughs) What? Are you kidding? (laughs) Anyway, um, so then at the end of the song, we got to take it down because she fucking mansplains this to Santana, who just did this performance and is like, oh, this is what you were trying to do. And like, you're going to become a lawyer for marriage equality. And Santana's yeah, like, he's, he's like, oh, this this explains that your dream is to have marriage equality and that you're going to go to law school to do that. And uh, Santana's like, oh, slow the fuck down, bitch. <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry, I'm, I'm saying the word bitch a lot, but it's because I'm excited. So Santana is like, no, what I want is fame. Uh, yes. my, my mistress is fame and I will do anything I can for her uh, and she's also like the song was for Britney because she's gonna be my girlfriend forever score. and Britney's like score <laughs> but uh so then Shu reprimands her and is like well then I'm really disappointed in you and it's like fuck you Will get out of here shut the fuck up yeah and Santana she calls yeah go for it she, she calls Rachel Gayberry yes at one point which like yeah, spot on. Well, I think it was. I think she was addressing both Kurt and Rachel because they're both their dream is to uh, go to New York and, and go to Broadway. Both gay? Well, yeah, that too. Um, but also, <laughs> she says that the <laughs> the pianist probably this. I don't even understand why this is in yeah. here because it's it's weird. Um, but she she makes a, a claim that she thinks the pianist who they have Brad or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, it likely has a small Eurasian locked in a trunk under his bed, which is yeah. buck wild. Uh, like, I think this is like response to fans. Maybe. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, if you recall in the last episode when Sue threw Mercedes' phone into the audience, <laughs> tech, like basically destroying it um, in the auditorium during booty camp. There's a shot of the piano player whose name is Brad going, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break that phone. Okay. So so maybe there's just some animosity <laughs> growing between <laughs> Brad, the piano player and new directions. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's weird. Cause I think it's supposed to be a joke because then she apologizes to Tina. Um, which is like, what? Like, it is a rushed speech yes. in a way because the subtitles say at one point, "Sorry, James." Yes, there's no one named James. No, I'm pretty sure. Here. I'm pretty sure she said Chang. Okay, so, okay. Well, then the subtitles were off. No, they definitely were, but I'm pretty sure she's like, "Sorry, Chang." After she says that, which is just like, what? 
So uh, it's because of the Eurasian no, thing, maybe. It definitely is, but this doesn't make any sense. Like, no, it really doesn't. It's well, Santana is like mean. I know, guess honing her, yeah, honing her uh, dramatic speech. Yes, because she is gonna need to be on reality TV at some point to become famous. Right. I can totally see that as a path for that Santana will take. Yes, she's gonna be on the Bachelorette. Oh my God! Well, no, no she's gonna be on the Bachelor. Yes. Per- pretending to be hetero yes and then she'll be on the bachelorette yes yeah well she'll have a grand reveal where she's like i'm a lesbian and then they have the first lesbian bachelorette and it's santana lopez but what about britney um anyway we'll we'll come back to this um i don't know we're gonna move to finchel which is whatever rachel has Mm. summoned finn to the auditorium via tweet with a tweet because they're not talking with a a very passive aggressive tweet too like children <laughs> like if you cannot like if you are tweeting your fiance to like get them to notice you what is your life yeah you like, need to reconsider probably um yeah so yeah rachel has decided to like reconcile with finn by saying that they don't need to go to they don't have to go to new york that they need to focus more time on exploring finn's dreams mm-hmm. yeah this like molly coddling of Finn <laughs> is getting old as fuck. Yes. So uh, there is one thing I want to say, which is mm-hmm. Finn makes a note here and it's supposed to be a throwaway yes, joke, yes, yes. but like, what if though? He says that he yes. took an online test and that it told him that the ideal career for him would be a competitive eating champion. A competitive eating champion. Which, but yes. what if though? Like what if he had actually just yeah. done that? Like I would have so much more respect for Finn as a character. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I there's like a whole section of YouTube that's just people like competitive eating. Well, and then they do make a reference to this joke in the in the next couple of scenes. But yes, yeah. where Santana is like, oh, this person's looking at me like I'm Finn Hudson, like winning a butter eating contest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so has has Finn like won competitive eating competition? I think is that why maybe like a career thing told him that he should pursue that i mean what qualifies you besides being able to eat besides winning (laughs) besides winning an eating competition already oh but anyway so yeah rachel rachel does an apology of sorts and sings she does a she does a rachel apology (laughs) yes where she doesn't actually say i'm sorry she just says let's move forward um but so she sings how deep is your love um which is a fine song yeah it's it's actually one of my favorite bg songs but i don't know she does sort of a rachel spin on yeah. it and like she it's not as i wouldn't say it's as, as funky as no. the original which is fine i suppose uh this is similar to when blaine sang cough syrup on the stage sure. finn is sitting on a stool yes that's on the stage about i'd say maybe five feet away from where rachel is singing yeah Sort of an interesting choice. Yeah, well, uh, and the band, like, the people who were their, like, fill-ins at sectionals yeah, the guitar boy. are the backup vocalists. So that's fun. Yes. Um, the guitar boy with the mushroom haircut. Yeah, well, and also the drummer, who I don't think I've actually ever seen before, but he has a mic, too. Um, yeah. But anyway, so it's fine. Um, and uh, my question, what while happened the, to Hating Disco? This, right? <laughs> Everyone's just so fucking all about it now. Yep. Whatever. Uh, while the song is going on, we get a flash of Finchel 
in Emma's counseling office, Will is there mm-hmm. for some reason, and they're all browsing through pamphlets together for like schools and shit. Yeah. Uh, because they need to focus on Finn's dreams, everyone. Right. Because he's so talented. Yeah. And that transitions into a real scene once the song is over, mm-hmm. where they're all sitting in Emma's office, and Finn has this big stack of pamphlets, and he's like, I'm just going to have to shake a dream out of here, I guess. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. So there is something that comes up later where she was like, I could see in your face that you weren't really committed to this. Um, But uh, you can kind of see it on Chu's face, but Finn is like, okay, I'm going to go spend some time with these, and then he like walks out, and then all, like, Will and Emma and Rachel all high five because they've done such a good job. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Rachel has a little speech first where she's like, listen, there's no rush. I mean, ap- the application due date is coming up and we need to figure out where we're going to like live and start our lives. So a but, little rush, you know, but no, no rush. rush. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Finn leaves and he walks out in the hallway and he throws the brochures in the recycling bin. Like it's, it's in a trash can. Whatever. Yeah. They're gone. Yes. Then we get Santana in the hallway. It's like a an easy transition from Finn in the hallway to Santana. Yeah. We get like a nice little um, disco-y glee backing. Okay. Sure. Here. Did you not notice I that? Thought, I, I thought there was a commercial cut between these, but. There might have been, but it's like the same musical theme sure. uh, at the end of Finn's scene to Santana. Nice. Santana's getting stared at by people. This is where she makes that butter eating contest joke. Yep. And we find out that Britanna has released a sex tape. Well, okay. Because of Brittany. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> so we, there has been. It's called Two Girls, One Cat. Yes. And before you get pervy people listening, it's because it's mm. Britannia's sex tape interspersed with cuts of Lord Tubington doing household chores. So get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah. Um, we do get a couple little moments of Lord Tubington doing said chores. Which, uh, okay, one of them is plausible, which is Lord Tubington cleaning the floors with like little like hand mop things, which is really adorable. On, on his paws. But, and then there's another one where he's like finishing putting dishes away. Which, that one, that one is the one where I'm like, okay alien there's well, no that's way the one where he was used yeah he was using his levitating power or something <laughs> anything like to put the well he is uh, he's a very smart cat yes because he's not really a cat but um because he's an alien yes. uh santana is like it's like a bunch of creeps yes. are basically like hey nice poor well, Artie. Artie says by. that like is like Two, like I two said. girls, one cat changed my life. Oh, oh, God, Artie. Don't tell somebody that. Jesus. Like I said, what a big creep. Yeah. Uh, so Brittany comes up to Santana and she's like, I found out that everyone that I know is famous put a sex tape on the internet. So I decided that I would put our sex tape on the internet. Santana's like, that was for us. <laughs> Which... <laughs> <laughs> but... I uh, love that little look into Brittany's life right there. Yes, um... Okay, this is actually a theme in this episode. Apparently, it's okay to, without someone's consent, put videos of them on the internet if it's for a good pro. No, if, if it's for a good reason, Maggie. If it teaches them a lesson and/or makes them famous. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. Um. But we'll come back to this next scene. Shu has pulled Finn. So yeah. 
Sam, here's what happened. Will pulls Finn aside and says, hey, you dropped uh, all these pamphlets on my head because I live in that garbage can. <laughs> Will the grouch. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, dropped, you dropped all these while I was having my afternoon coffee in my house, a garbage can. <laughs> um, but no, it's in an empty classroom because of course it is. It might be Will's classroom, but it looks like it's like a government class. So it's just an it's an empty classroom that the sentient McKinley made for them <laughs> to use. It's a room of requirements. Yes. So um, uh, Finn reveals to us that he doesn't feel qualified to do anything, which it's at yeah. this point that I was like, maybe I hate Finn because it's too real. Like Finn's struggle <laughs> is too yeah. real in comparison to my own life because man he you also lack a sense of direction and yes um but you are also um like a 20 something professional with a college degree right which that's failing high school quarterback that's that's here's the next he immediately then goes into he just wants to pull a shoe and be a teenager or teenage fuck up forever so no i'm not like finn he's a piece of garbage like uh yeah and will's like we just need to find something that makes you happy and finn's like so is there a way for me to stay young forever and it's Um, like if shu knew he would fucking tell you oh my god he's been searching like Uh, there there is another point here where like finn is like yeah i didn't want to say anything in that meeting because rachel's just so proud of herself (laughs) and finn's like (laughs) and will's just like she just wants what's best for you it just shows that like I don't know what's going on in Finn's head, but his interpretations of like Rachel's actions are accurate in a way. Like, yeah. Obviously she is very proud of herself for like this right. plan she's concocted, yeah. but also like what a negative way to think about like the person you're supposed to be in love with. Right. I don't no, know. It's true. Their relationship is all sorts of fucked up is what I really like. Like every episode teaches us this. But for some reason, they haven't done anything about it. They just keep reminding us that their relationship is way fucked. And they just keep telling each other that they love each other and staring into each other's eyes and being boring. Yes. So Will decides to show him a copy of Saturday Night Fever on VHS. Or forces him to watch Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, like, sit down. You're going to watch this movie. Uh, because you need to dare to dream. Which, okay, is this the middle of a school day? What? Whatever. Um, it is light outside. Um, I don't yeah. know. Anyway. So the next yeah. scene opens with homeless Brett. Yes. He's here. He's talking to Santana in the library. Uh, Once again, gross. creeps. Yeah, because he's, he's declaring his love for Santana based on making a cat emptying the dishwasher look sexy. Um. So yeah. it's in the library. Brittany arrives to give Santana some more empty reality star ideas for how to achieve fame. Yeah, more more fame ideas, really, because yeah. Britt really wants to help Santana achieve this, achieve this dream. Yes. And um, she's an alien, so she does, and she's like all about free love. She doesn't realize that like having a sex tape on the internet. See, I. I am very convinced that Brittany is way smarter than she's letting on. And she's just okay. like, this is just nefarious. It is, like, it is sort of hinted that like Brittany is just trying to push Santana over the edge. To, yes. Like, admit that she wants something else, which is like such a weird thing <laughs> right? to do. Like why write the plot this way? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's so roundabout and stupid. I don't know why they have to make every single relationship. 
like every relationship or probably tykes is all about like doing things backhandedly yes. instead of just being forthright. Yes. No, well, Maggie, it's a TV show. Like It's annoying. Uh, no, I agree. Why can't we just see, like, people in love being honest with each other? Because that's not dramatic enough. Um, uh. Along those lines, Brittany does deliver a bull testicle to Santana in this scene, which is very yes. funny, mostly because Brittany delivers it with the line, it tastes just like a chicken testicle. Um, yes, well. <laughs> because she ate the other one on her way home. She got hungry. Yes. She's like, Santana, you just need to be on reality TV. And Brittany's right. Santana can just do the reality TV circuit and then sell shit on her Instagram and like make really good money. Yeah, but <laughs> it's so empty, Maggie. Do you think, do you think Snooki it, has... It's just your... <laughs> If Snooki has a fulfilling life, I am sure. Yeah. She's like raising a family. I guess that's and, like, true. Do you think? <laughs> I'm. I think she's do- on TV again. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's just to me, and this is why I'm not famous. Obviously, mm. um, that just does not seem very satisfying. And it seems like Santana is starting to realize that for herself as well with this scene. Oh yeah, she closes. The, the her, book on the book the bull on testicle. the bull testicle. <laughs> it like pushes it further in with her pencil. Like what? Yuck. <laughs> uh, so Kurt Sadie's are, are fretting about giving Unique the shoes off screen yes. as they enter, uh, like what seems to be a backstage of somewhere. Mm-hmm. They are de- they are determined to talk to Unique before Vocal Adrenaline goes to perform for regionals, which is right now. Yep. yep. Uh. They when they talk to Unique, they call her Wade. Yeah, and um, they also implore her not to wear girl clothes or something like that. It's just like yes. it's not great. Yeah, Kurt is like, you can't do this, it, and yeah. uh, Unique is like, bitch, I'm wearing the shoes. Which right now, yeah, I, part of this <laughs> is that Kurt says, I know I've done some really flamboyant things, but I've never worn a dress. Oh, this is the part. They also compare this. Yes at the beginning of the scene when they're walking in because Kurt is like, well, uh, you know, I never thought Finn would wear a dress, but he did for that Lady Gaga thing. And I'm like, this is nothing like that. So get the fuck out of here. Like, this is not that. Like, it's not, this is somebody like wanting to portray their true self. Yes. Like who they have envisioned to be their true self. So, yeah. And they're like this part where Kurt is, it's, Echoing back that scene with Sue, mm-hmm. where, um, like, Kurt is like, you know, I've been flamboyant in the past, but I would never dress as a woman. And it's like, because you're not trans, bitch. Yeah. Like, stop trying to equate these things. It's irresponsible. Yes. I think that's the other thing, too, is they never actually... They, they, didn't, they didn't set this up well enough. Because they haven't, like, no. given us... Like, Unique doesn't ever say... Like, Unique says a lot of things that I think are actually good and, like, helpful for helping yes. to, like portray a trans storyline and like not put the label of trans on it in the sense that you know i guess for people who that that label scares them or whatever like this is more relatable but they never say it and like i just i i feel like it's sort of like trying to blindside somebody like trying to be like haha it was about a trans person this whole time which yeah (laughs) You felt you felt empathy for a trans person. We tricked you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So uh, then Jesse comes over, kicks them out because uh, he accuses them of spying. Uh, yeah. He calls he calls Mercedes the laziest person ever again. <laughs> uh, 
I I do like that Glee has actually had so, a little a few little callbacks yes. in this episode, acknowledging episodes from the past. Yes. Well yeah. done. That is not a regular occurrence. No. Um. But. And finally, it is time for the performance. Yes. Weirdly, uh, for this regionals, Vocal Adrenaline has decided to do a number from Saturday Night Fever. They're doing well, boogie shoes. Yeah. It, I would call it an inspiring tune. Uh, well, but is inspi- but is inspiring inspiring you to dance? You no, know, but is inspiring the theme for all regionals, or was it for just that yes. one regionals? I think it has to be for all. Okay. Of it. For all of them. Sure. <laughs> all the regionals. Anyway, Unique leads Boogie Shoes, and it's amazing considering how little practice she got with those heels in rehearsal. Yeah, she does the choreography perfectly, <laughs> is unclockable. Yes. Her legs? It's uh, it's very good. Um, Can we talk about the legs? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the fringe dresses also. So Vocal Adrenaline is doing the same thing that they have done in the past, which is having one performer doing the majority, like the bulk of the singing, and then sort of having everyone else dance around them. Remember, it was Jesse St. James, then it was um, Sunshine, and now it is Unique. Jesse is in the audience, sees that Unique is dressed femme, and is like, (gasps) no, no. No, yeah, and like shoves, <laughs> and shoves the- his way to the wings of the stage to yell, yeah. um, to yell like saying, "Wait, get back over here!" Uh, yeah, which it's weird. Like I don't know why Jesse St. James would be so like viciously upset about this. So my only theory is that Jesse, and we've gotten this a lot before. He's Bred, born and bred vocal adrenaline. He wants to win really bad. My theory yeah. is that he has the same idea that Sue has, which is that this will tank them for some reason. Yes. Although here's the thing. But why would it? it the performance is so good. It's really good. And one of the other things, this really shouldn't be a factor, but it, I mean, I'm going to bring it up anyway because I'm... Yeah, but, sure. Uh, Unique is unclockable. She passes as femme yes. so well. Like it's beautiful so like no one gives a shit because no like why would they but yeah so yeah i guess she's tall but she's also wearing like high shoes and being tall doesn't make you masculine yeah yeah i i guess also maybe in like a 2018 perspective we're used to sort of a more fluid idea of gender like in the in the general zeitgeist um so i don't know yeah, that's I. That was one of the things I did when I was talking to Chris about this afterwards. Because I'm still not, like, mm-hmm. I still have uncom- like I'm not comfortable about this because I don't think Glee was. Yeah, because they didn't. Yeah. they didn't have any first person perspective right. on like a trans storyline. Yeah, which that's the thing is. So in the when you think about it, the perspective of this is, was 2012, and they even talk about in this episode how like fighting for marriage equality at that time, like it's mind-boggling to think of really how far things have like how much things have changed over like that short a uh, span yeah. of time but they have and so there is a little bit where it's like power yeah. power to the social justice revolution yeah. but the, there is a thing to say where it's like this was on fox so like maybe maybe yeah. this was just the best they could do considering the fact that the network they were on probably didn't want them to do anything like this so um anyway it's very good we don't get any information about 
the results of this. No. All we see is um, Kurt and Mercedes cheering in the wings. Because now that they have seen Unique perform, they are... Here for it, I guess. With yeah. it. They're with yeah. it. Uh, so, the next scene. Finchel is meeting up again, this time in the choir yep. room. They're going to have the same conversation that they had before, basically. Yep. <laughs> uh, and... Finn has like a mildly competent uh, falsetto in yeah. the song that he decides to serenade Rachel with. It's uh, More Than a mm-hmm. Woman, which is another great Bee Gees song. And the best part of the number is that in like a dream sequence, while Finn is singing, we see Clayne, Britannia, and Tyke all doing partner dancing along with Finchel. Yeah. Um, so I love that the gays and Tyke are included, obviously. Same, same, same. But same. Here's they're in they're dressed in 70s garb. Everything about this is amazing, the, honestly. Like the outfits. Yeah. The outfits. Yes. Oh my god, the outfits. <laughs> but yeah, it's and um the problem really is that Finchel is still part of this and like Finn yes. is also the yes. lead. Like I just I think the problem is that Finn is in it cuz Rachel looks amazing. That's true. Um <laughs> yeah, so it, it's very good. There's a lot of good choreography here as well. Of course, the reason that they had it is cuz Blaine, Brittany, and Mike are their best dancers, so like of course, <laughs> um and luckily that yes. does coincide with the gays and, you know, people that aren't white. So thank God. Um thank God. <laughs> but uh they they do the iconic spin shot um which is like oh, in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's from Saturday yes. Night Fever originally, I'm pretty sure. Um, so if if you – basically the way they would set this up is a spinning camera is being held onto by one of the characters. Yes. And they're just, like, smiling and laughing and singing. Yeah, it. it's 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 – I think the two places I would immediately be able to call out this in are Airplane and uh, a Goofy Movie 2. Uh, a very yeah, goofy movie, uh, in, a, in an extre- or extremely an goofy extremely movie. goofy yes. movie. Um, uh, it's also in Blades of Glory oh, yep, for yep. sure. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it, essentially, it's like a first-person shot, as if you were holding onto the arms of the person and you were spinning them. Yes, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I I love that shit, man. I'm about but it. But it's so good. But then after this number, Finchel is right back where they started in yeah, the same so was this clothes. A was this a dream sequence? Did that? Did this? Did the dancing? Did happen? this number happen at all? I have no idea. I, I don't know. <laughs> it is bizarre. <laughs> like that was my thing. Is like, did it happen in the dreamscape? Like, what is going on? <laughs> did did Kurt actually dip Blaine for real in real life? I don't know. Well, because because Rachel does say. That was amazing. So it happened. Yeah, as if the number happened. Did they go into the dream state together? Did they? Because, like, in the. I don't it, know. Yeah, like, usually. Admittedly, yeah, a, a whole bunch of this episode is in sort of like a soft focus, orangey kind of light. Well, that's, I think that's an intentional callback to, like, 70s camera work. Yeah, and there are, there is a lot of fog during this, like, couple yes. dance. Um, So it is sort of dreamy. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just it's bizarre. Like it, because it's, it's why great, wouldn't though. you why wouldn't you just be like, oh yeah, like have them have it be in front of the glee club or you know, have them be in the same yeah. clothes. Like even that would have been fine. Have, or like have the end of the scene be them in their seventies. Exactly, get up, yes. 
discussing the number they just performed right. together. Um, but anyway, the reason that they did it... Or, and, oh. like, have the beginning of the scene with them also in this 70s get-up. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't... Maggie, we can't, we can't get bogged down on this because there's still more to this scene. Because... There is. Like you're saying... This is kind of just harking back to what they've already said. Finn is telling Rachel that they're going to go to New York because he is going to become an actor in... Yes, he was inspired by Saturday Night Fever, and he has applied to Inside the Actor's Studio. Well, he just wants... kidding. It's the Actor's <laughs> he wants Studio. To go... He wants that... to go to Inside the Actor's Studio, Maggie. Yeah. Was, was James Lipton one of the Me Too ex- expo- exposed I have no people? idea... He looks creepy, so... Oh, we're being judgy <laughs> yeah. now. Let me... Okay, you look it up. James Lipton is the one who does it, and also he was in Arrested Development, James which is the reason why I think that he looks creepy. According to Wikipedia, James Lipton is an American writer, lyricist, actor, and dean emeritus of the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University in New York City. Yeah, yeah, it's at Pace University. Sure. Um, it doesn't seem... Yeah, okay. He was not me too. Woo! Good. Good. James Lipton, I apologize for calling you creepy looking. I think it's mostly because you played the warden in Arrested Development, and that guy is creepy. And you were and you were <laughs> creepy. But, um, but so, uh, I, I made a note. This is a nice monologue that Finn does, which is, yeah, yeah. you know. It also, it's ruined by um, Finn's face a little bit, but, like, yeah. Oh, you're mean. <laughs> um... Rachel is just like, listen, it, I don't want this to be for me. Like, I want you to do this because it's your dream. And Finn says, it is for you, but it's what I want. Because I want you to be proud of me. And this is this is my dream. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they kiss and it's yep. done. Uh, and got to say, Rachel Berry, well, Leah Michelle is the most beautiful human on sure. earth. Okay, okay, so the next scene, we start with Kurt Sages at their lockers. They're shooting the shit over mm-hmm. Unique because... Yep. You know, they are involved in that plot line. Um, and then Sam <laughs> ninjas his way into the conversation um, because Kurt, I guess, set it up with him that this was going to happen. Because Kurt kind of like runs away know. and it seems intentional. Like, anyway. But Sam pulls Mercedes aside uh, to show her the YouTube video that he posted without her permission of Disco Inferno. Yes. Uh and on the screen, it says that the video has 425 <laughs> views. But in the dialogue, Mercedes says 425 comments. Well, Maggie, it's it's 485, first of all. And also, yes, views do not equal comments. <laughs> but what if they did? Because here's the thing. <laughs> you, you m- Are you saying that if you had to, if you, you have to put a comment on every YouTube video that a you vote? Yes. Watch? No, that no, not saying? that you want. Well, kind of. But like, it, it seems mostly because... In addition to being 485 views, it does have the little like thumbs up, thumbs down, little bar underneath. Um, mm-hmm. And because then Sam. Oh, love that little piece of like outdated YouTube UI that doesn't exist anymore. But uh, Sam does say 484 of the comments are positive, which means that there are 485 comments on the video. <laughs> but it says views in the screen. No, that I we know. See. So like. Maybe it was just like shitty editing. Like, I feel like the poor production quality where they could have put comments instead of views there. But like, like the editor was like, oh, these writers don't know how YouTube See, that's, works. That's but, the thing. I'm pretty sure the writer just did not understand how YouTube worked. Sam does start off this conversation by being like, I'm just going to show you this. I don't have any ulterior mm-hmm. motives. 
but they kiss at the end of the scene. Yeah. So, Apparently, Sam earned a kiss by uploading Mercedes's video without her consent. Without yeah. permission. Uh, but 425 views, Sam. She's famous. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, almost. It was 2012, Maggie. That's how most YouTubers got their start. So I guess <laughs> you have to get 425 views before you hit a million. That is but... true. A journey, a journey of YouTube stardom starts with a single 485 views. Um, so let's. I okay. Imagine Mercedes is like a YouTube star. Oh my god. Like I'm down yeah. with it. She and Sam moved to LA to do couple vlogs as she does. I mean, I don't want recording. I don't want Sam involved with it, but if he has to be, then But he would be. He would be like the cameraman. Okay, that's fine. Well, Maggie, nowadays the cameramen are parts of the production, so It's true. Hey, we out here, me and my girl Mercedes, we're here no. to show how good I am at body no. rolls. No. Don't forget to like, like, and subscribe, and smash that like button. Smash it. Um. Anyway, it's me, Sam Evans. Anyway, let's move to the next scene. Sue has yeah. confronted Britanna, um, over this sex tape thing. She says like another sandbag boobs magoo thing. Is the term. Can we? Can Can Sue stop talking about Santana's no, boobs? No, because she is please enthralled with them. I mean, who wouldn't be? Exactly. But also, she's a teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's inappropriate. Gross. Yeah, she's um like disappoint. She explains her disappointment in Santana, and Santana shows remorse. She's like, I realized that I was wrong. That I don't just want to be famous. I want to go to college. Yeah. Which, but also be famous. <laughs> yeah, well, that is um one of the nice things. And like talking with Chris about it, he really liked was that. Uh, Santana never like throws Britney under the bus for this. Like, like no. Sue was like, I'm. The sex tape is disappointing, but what's more disappointing is that you just want to have blind fame. And uh, Santana's never is like, oh, well, Britney is the one who uploaded it. Like, which is nice. I think it is. It does add there, to the scene. There is a point at the beginning of the scene where they mention that Britney's brain is like the size toddler's of a toddler's fist. fist and that there is MRI. <laughs> yeah, group. Britney says, I can show you the MRIs if you want. Um, oof. I oof. Have- I mean, like brain size doesn't really can't doesn't have to denotate like intelligence. I mean, it, at some point it technically does, but yeah, she's an yes. alien, alien biology. Or it's not, or it's uh, all fake. Or Brittany is a is a mastermind, is a is a genius <laughs> that has figured out how to trick all these people into doing the things she wants them to do. Because guess what? It was Brittany's idea to somehow get Santana a full ride to Louisville yes. College, U- University of Louisville, on a uh, full ride cheerleading, uh, cheerleading scholarship. Yep. Um, which is great. And Santana is overwhelmed with emotion because she's so happy to have someone in her life who cares about her that much. And it's beautiful. It is. Uh, we close out the scene with some true gay love where Britannia look into each other's eyes and profess that they love each other. And then they yes. hug. Um, so in the last scene here, we discovered who won the suit. All three of them, because uh, this isn't a competition. This is a learning experience or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, this cuts to Mer- Finn, Mercedes and Santana. They're all wearing the polyester white suits um, and they lead a rendition of staying alive because that's how we're going to end yeah, it. They, yeah. Finn's like, what are we going to do now? We're going to strut. Mm-hmm. So they strut in the hallway. Uh, Finn starts off the song, but Mercedes and Santana come in to 
rally it, it up. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, and they sing "Staying Alive," and oh my god, the strutting is yes. Great. And then guess what? New Directions is here and they're all in white polyester suits and this number is like eating a plate of cheese and I loved yes. it. I loved yes. it. Yes, Sue and Will also have white polyester suits and and Sue's like visibly pregnant <laughs> by this point. Yes. It is like so so bizarre yes. and like amazing. Yes, it's very good. Um, <laughs> like a fever dream yes. with lights and like yes. like a themed fever dream. No, it's it's very good. Um, uh, it's just I wrote down there is there is a thing about this. Sam kind of looks good in this getup. Uh, yeah, Sam does, look which good. is weird, but like yeah. Maybe it's because he's got sort of like a Travolta flair with those lips. Well, and I think it's also like the hair shellac down looks yeah. pretty good on him. The hair down. And, and like all of their hair looks sort of yes. weird. Like different. Yeah. Um, Mercedes still has that like fair up yes. oh. Damn, she's, she looks so good in this episode. Santana has a similar hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And she they're all wearing like gold chains and yes. shit. Yes. Oh well, my God. but also Finn has a sunburn line that doesn't make any sense, but is very visible. Well, he's a bumpkin. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's so good. Uh, yeah, Kurt's hair is parted in the middle. Oh, uh, uh. I was not clocking <laughs> that one. Thank God. Uh, yeah, this I. God, I loved it so much. <laughs> but yeah, the dancing is <laughs> so they, cheesy. They all dance in tandem. Yes. There's, like, no hint that someone is doing worse than anyone else. I mean, honestly, <laughs> this is why disco is so popular, is for, like... It's because the moves are, like, relatively easy to yes. pick up, and they look pretty And, like, good. white people can really do it. You know, like, we love we love a good line <laughs> dance because we don't know how to dance, so... um, Yeah. But also, you know, like, it's not... It's like white people can, can do the moves, but... Uh, like non-white people can do the movie exactly. Better, no, no, still. it's true. Um, <laughs> let's I like let's talk. Um, uh, what's the what's the show? They mentioned it Soul at the Train? beginning of the episode. Yeah. Soul Train. Thank God. Thank you for yep. reminding me. That just flew out no, of my you're brain. Good. I was just too. It's too full of like the the white polyester suit. Yes. Get up. God, this episode is just <laughs> yes. So so let's let's wrap it up here because we're going a little long, but we need to get to. The podcast business. The podcast, podcast business. That was my falsetto. L- yeah, let's do a let's do a falsetto. Okay. Falsetto. Pod. No. Podcast business. It's the podcast business. <laughs> but it's a metaphor, and metaphors are important. Gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for me being a star. A star. That was actually it pretty was. good. I'm feeling pretty yeah. good about that. Okay. Cut that uh, first part out because it was terrible. But keep the false out. I okay. will. So, as we do every week, let's talk Gold Stars, Best Numbers, and Ratings for this episode. Um, let's yeah. start with Gold Stars. My Gold Star is going to Mercedes fucking Jones. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, Disco Inferno was so good though. Like, oh It's so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The what is funny about that too is there's a line where Mercedes is like having her like angry rant before Disco Inferno, where she's like, I know that, you know, Rachel is gonna go off to New York or whatever, but I don't have plans to go be in a revival of Sister Act. Sister Act. Which is just funny because <laughs> the actress Amber Riley is in Dreamgirls, right? Anyway, good call. She's very good. Um, my gold star is going to unique because that performance Could, uh, is yeah, great amazing, also. especially considering that she did not practice in heels and those heels are so big. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Here we are standing for the black femmes this episode. Hell yeah. Well, that's. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. Next is, uh, best, is number. Uh, best number, which is going to be. Tough. Yeah. No kidding. We start, <laughs> we start the show off with you should be dancing. Mm-hmm by Blaine and the o- the dancing OT3. Mm-hmm. Then we have Night Fever by Will. Um, uh. <laughs> Disco Inferno. Oh, my God. Uh, if I Can't Have mm-hmm. You, a, a sapphic, a sapphic lullaby, yes. honestly. Uh, How Deep Is Your Love by Rachel to Finn. Boogie Shoes by Vocal Adrenaline. More Than a Woman and Staying Alive. Okay, here's the thing about this episode. None of those songs are bad. Mm-hmm. They're all good. <laughs> No, they're all good. <laughs> because these songs are all very good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How how are we both like huge disco nerds? I have no idea. <laughs> I honestly don't think we got a lot of it growing up. Like, I don't think our mm. mom likes disco very much, so No. Uh we listen to like the carpenters. Yeah. Um and like Neil Diamond. <laughs> so I don't know, but Jesus. I guess we we listen to a little bit of Barry Manilow. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. In. That's a good point. Um he's our gateway drug. But <laughs> Maggie, I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. What was the best number of this episode? Uh, okay. So part of the reason why I gave Mercedes my gold star is so that I could give best number to You Should Be Dancing. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we, we really gushed over all of it, all of them this episode. But You Should Be Dancing, it's like the perfect yes perfect song to start this episode with and the dancing is impeccable the poses the poses yes well and one of the things like we talk about glee like i feel like we talk about this almost every episode the beginnings are usually terrible and the endings are usually terrible but the fact that they actually Mm -hmm. did it right this time and started with a great song and ended with a (laughs) great song is like yeah um i had that's all they need to do. Bookend it. But I I agree. I have three numbers here. I'm going to pick a best mm-hmm. one, but I want to call out all three of them first. You should be dancing. Okay. Yes. Disco Inferno. Yes. And, yes. And Boogie Shoes. Because all three of those yes. are very, very, very good. Um, I'm yes. going to go with Disco Inferno because oh shit. Like okay. one, Mercedes it's is so true. good. And then the dancing. The dancing though. Oh, God. It's just so good. 425 views, <laughs> Sam. Uh, okay. It's 485, it is. isn't it? I got it wrong again. Whatever. Uh, so, I think uh, I think we, we got the best numbers yes. down here. Next is rating, slushy rating. I am giving this episode, despite the, the gnarly Finchel yes. r- repetitive garbage, I am giving this episode zero out of five slushies. I am also giving this episode zero out of five slushies, yes! despite Sue's nasty transphobic trash. So <laughs> here we are yes. reveling. Because you know what, like, 
like that's the thing. Every song in this episode is great. All of the dancing yes. is great. Like some of the yes. storylines kind of suck, but it's okay because the other ones kind of even it out. Like, but also finally a trans yes, storyline. Also that finally yes. that's part of it. Is I, I think honestly, I think in I've either there's some stuff in the future that might like I don't know if there's more stuff in the future about unique storyline. And if there is, that might warrant some more of it. But I remember thinking that this was way worse. And, like, it's not... There are some things that are bad. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the message that I get, that I got from it when I watched it, where when Unique is backstage and Kurt Sadies comes to try to convince her not to dress femme, and Unique is just like, hey, you know what? I feel like I feel like I am a woman. And so I'm going to present as one because that's how I feel. And yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care. She's also like, I'm I'm disappointed yes. in you for, yes. <laughs> for like responding this way. So my idol. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing the shoes yes. right now. Um, so I felt it was better <laughs> yeah. than at least that I remembered. Um, it's yeah. And obviously the message is good because unique like kills it. Kills, kills it. it. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I, I think. Uh, at least in my mind, I think I had it built up in a different way. But while rewatching it, mm-hmm. it came off much better than I had it built up. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes because this is not unique. Only appearance, only okay. episode. Yep. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, so we'll see if there's if there's more. I don't really remember much either, so yep. we'll see. But that's yes. it. And next week we get to watch the Whitney Houston episode. Yes. Oh my God, we are like. This is what a time to be alive. <laughs> right? Well, know? in the in the this glee frame of see, mind. See, I was gonna say the problem is that this is definitely like the top of the mountain. Like, <laughs> like there's yeah. only one direction to go from here, Maggie. Let's stay on this plateau for as long as we can. But, uh, yeah, next one direction. Do you mean maybe a new direction? Yeah. Uh, mm. So next next week we're gonna talk about season three, episode seventeen, "Dance with Somebody." As we've noted, it is the Whitney Houston tribute <sighs> episode. So. Have you ever watched the music video for uh, Dance with I Somebody? Have. Oh, yes. I have. It is the part where the guy fake plays the saxophone. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yes. my God. I at my at one of my previous jobs, I would listen to that every single day. And my office mate nearly lost his <laughs> mind. Sorry. I but I can't help no, myself. It's so good. I can't help it's myself. So good. Whitney Houston. This is. Yeah. Glee. Good job for devoting a whole episode to her. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Yep. So we'll be back with that next week. In the meantime, um, if you have any thoughts or feelings or anything you want to share with us, uh, you can do so on Twitter uh, at SNM Hate Glee. And you can also do that over email, SNM Hate Glee at gmail.com. Um, what if we get a bunch of tweets that's just people saying disco sucks? <laughs> What if that happens? What if we're the outlier? Well, then you know what? We'll have learned something valuable and also we'll still love disco because <laughs> fuck the haters. Um, That's but right. But yeah, no, we, we have actually been getting some people tweeting us and like, love it. Please, please. It feeds me. If, without, that community interaction. Without applause, I die. Oh. I'm like a I'm like Tinkerbell. No, um, <laughs> but no, I love, I love hearing from people and I don't know how much you follow our Twitter, but like, it's great to hear. I follow follow the, twi- the yeah. tweets so. um and uh hit us up with your emails for developing the metafiction yes. because it's it's something that we love so that's it though thanks so much for listening this week and we can't wait to see you yes. again it's a weird thing to say because most of the time it's a real cross to bear but 
next week. Uh, we'll be back. Until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee, I guess. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> watch the episode again yeah